Shalom Aleichem, on behalf of Teach 613, we welcome you to Take 10 for Talmud. We are recording in Silver Spring, Maryland, and are so glad that you can join us. Gitin Dav Ches, Gitin 8b, pagination is 16. We're starting midway on the page at the end of a line. Tafresh Tanurabanan, we learnt. Eva Jehevi Gito, a slave that brought his document of freedom, declaring his freedom, effectuating his freedom. He has a document to that effect. And the terms of the document are that it will only take effect when he gets to a certain city. He shows up in that city and shows the document to Bezdin. And they examine the document and it says, you personally and my assets should belong to you, the former slave. The rule will be, He acquires himself, he acquires his freedom, but the property which was promised to him, he will not be able to get unless he can affirm the signatures on the document independent of his own say-so. Let's clarify what's going on over here. We discussed that when a divorce, a get, is going from the husband to the wife through a messenger, the messenger can affirm the signatures and therefore we will not have to independently affirm the signatures as we normally need to do. That rule is true even if the woman herself is carrying her own get from the husband's locale to a designated city where the husband agrees at that point it should take effect. The get is being given by the husband according to his terms and his terms are it should take effect when you get to a certain city. When the woman gets to that city, until now she was a messenger, she's a shliach laholacha. She affirms the signatures just like a different messenger would affirm the signatures. And once she says, she takes responsibility for the signatures, she is divorced. The halacha is that that similar dynamic, leniency, is going to apply to a slave as well. There's a concept of a person who's a slave to a homeowner, to a master. And that master has decided to set the slave free. And he's made terms of the freedom. When you get to a certain city, the get should take effect. This document should take effect. In addition, perhaps because he has no children of his own, and he feels that this slave really served him well, so he makes a promise... <coughs> that property, either all his property or whatever property, should belong to the slave as well. So the ruling that we're getting in these two simple lines of the Gemara is that if in the document it says two things. One, it grants this man his freedom. Number two, it grants him financial assets. 
the rule will be that based on his say so, he can acquire his freedom similar to the woman in the case of the divorce. But any financial things that were built into the same document, those are going to follow the rules of finances and they have to be independently verified, meaning the signatures have to be affirmed by two independent witnesses because for finances, you can't affirm the signatures for your own benefit. The Gemara asks Iboyiluhu the following question. Kol lach mahu. If the wording of the document was really to join these two concepts into one, all of my assets should belong to you, the slave, what would the halacha be? Because implied in all the assets belonging to the slave is that the slave gets his freedom because he's one of the assets and he now acquires all the assets, including himself. But the two concepts, his freedom and the financial gift, are now joined into one very one statement. Amar Abaye, Abaye said, Mitoch shekona atzmo kona nechosim. Being that b'fane nechtav of b'fane nechtam affirmation is going to work to grant him his freedom from slavery, it's going to grant him as well the assets. Amalei Rava, Rava objected. Bishlama atzmo likni, I understand why he gets his freedom. Mididahave, I get isha, because we compare the slave situation to a woman who's also becoming free of a relationship through a document. So it works the same. Affirmation, and it works. But the financial part of the transaction, lo likni. He can't acquire that on his own say-so that the signatures are good. We have to independently verify those signatures. Just like any other time that we affirm the signatures based on two witnesses. So Abaya replied, Okay. If he doesn't get the assets, then he doesn't go free either. In other words... Abaya doesn't really care whether Yapaskin the Shtar document is good or it's not good. He just wants you to be consistent. You can't say Abaya holds on the one hand that he goes free and he doesn't get the assets. And you can't say in the reverse that he's not got the gonna get the assets, but he's gonna go free. You can't do that. It's one statement. All of my assets go to you. That's granting him his freedom. And Abaya says you can't separate them. Amalei Rava. Rava says they are very separable. The assets he can't acquire because like any Kiyom Shtaros, we need independent verification on the signatures. Ela atzmo likni. But definitely, he himself, he can acquire his freedom. The same way that the document of a woman sets her free of that relationship. And therefore, Rava holds. 
which is the way we paskin, echad zeh regardless of how the statement was made, whether it was two independent statements, or it was one unified statements, all, statement, all of my assets should go to you, Atzmokana, he can acquire his freedom, because Befana Nechta Befana Nechtam will work on Isser Veheter, on prohibitions. But Nechasim Lokana, but in financial matters, his own statement will not work, and we need independent verification on the signatures. And the Gemara tells us this is the principle of Palginan Dibura, when we divide the statement and we apply the proper halachic process to that part of the document, even though it seems a bit contradictory, because if you trust the witnesses, then you have to trust them straight through. And the answer is no. There's a different procedure for verification in the get or freedom process than there is when you want to extract money. And you have to follow the process appropriate for what it is that you're trying to do. Now, we could consider a number of fascinating cases. What would happen, for example, if a get would be written on behalf of a husband who's very, very adamant that he doesn't want the assets to be transferred to her until the moment that the get is written, is given to her, takes effect. And so, they do a very unusual thing, and they write into the get other topics about assets to fulfill his adamant requirement that it be done together. Now, normally we wouldn't do this, and we would look for every way not to link anything to the get, but what would theoretically happen, and then to affirm the signatures, would we say that indeed it's the same as we described by the Eved going free, can grant a person a severed relationship, but doesn't work to extract money. And to extract money is a financial issue, it would require independent verification on the signatures. And if you'll ask me, it sounds contradictory. We will answer, we divide the statements and we deal with each one appropriately. Consider another case. The Agos Ashri mentions a case where a person wrote a gift to people in town. He might have had 50 people listed, each to get $1,000. And then he got two townspeople to sign on his gift. Turns out, without them even realizing, or realizing the ramifications, one of those witnesses was one of the beneficiaries of the gift. So it ends up that he's signing for himself to get a gift, which doesn't make any sense. You can't say testimony for your own benefit. The question would be, can we do palginan dibura? Can we say, this doesn't mean that we throw the whole document out. We just deal with each case according to its merit. As far as the gift going to the witness goes, we don't have witnesses. (laughs) You can't say testimony for your own benefit. But as far as everybody else goes, 
the gift may very well still stand because it has witnesses. Consider another case, which is somewhat common. In middle of Mechiras Chametz, they're selling the Chametz to the guy, and the Rav asks for two townspeople to be the signators on the contract. One of them, without realizing the ramifications, was selling his chametz with the same rav, with the same nanju, with the same transaction, so that he's signing on his own mechira. What should theoretically be done is that he sells it with someone else. But he didn't. And in actuality, he's sitting here signing on his own sale. Where does that leave us as far as the sale of the community chametz? So, we do make all kinds of other kinyanim, acts of acquisition, and his chametz intended to be sold and was sold, but what's with the contract? What's with the testimony? So, it could very well be that we will say, Palginan Dibura, that his, the witnesses, personal sale wasn't quite as good as we would have liked. It doesn't have a valid contract on his personal sale. But, Dal Mehocha, get his sale out of the picture. Palginan Dibura, I can't have him say testimony on his own sale. But, nevertheless, the rest of the sales, like the rest of the beneficiaries, may actually stand untouched, if we could say, Palginan Dibura. So again, we started with a concept of a slave trying to get his freedom based on a document that grants his freedom and assets, and we wanted to know if his statement, can still validate the slavery part of the transaction, even if it can't validate the financial part of the transaction. And we paskined like Rava with a concept of palginon dibura we could divide. And if we follow this dynamic through, it will end up having impact in a whole lot of other cases. Yeshe thank you for joining.